Incubation to completion is exactly six hours. The visions are identical for all the infected, and the location of the aneurysm is the same for every single deceased. Is that what I think it is? It's a nanovirus. One manufactured to kill humans. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks for coming back for part two of my interview with Hope and Tavon titled The Plan of the Enemy, The Final Lockdown. Now the clip I just shared with you is from the TV show Stargate Atlantis Season 1. The episode is titled Hot Zone. Now, guys, I just want you to know, at the end of this interview, part two here with Hope and Tavon, I have a very special surprise for you, a complete breakdown of that episode and of the spinning vaxxed phenomenon. Is it predictive programming in this episode of TV that's more than 10 years old? Again, stay tuned to the very end for that special presentation from Hope and Tavon. Thank you so much for tuning in, friends. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. You know, it's almost 2023, and if there's anything 2022 taught us, it's that inflation is here. Things are far more expensive now than they were at the beginning of the year. But it's not too late to protect yourself. And despite the fact that there's always a risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results, thousands of people have retired comfortably with the help of Noble Gold Investments and their precious metal IRAs. If you're one of the people, like me, who believe gold and silver is an excellent hedge against inflation and total collapse, now's the time to act. Talk to an expert member of Noble Gold's team today. And if you get in before the end of this month, you'll get an incredible free 3-ounce Silver American Virtue coin with every qualified IRA of $20,000 or more. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. So call the team now at 877-646-5347 to find out more or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. The link is below. The final lockdown. Digital digital currency, vaccine passports, surveillance, um, central bank digital currency, and weaponized streetlights. So... This again, the plan of the enemy, the final lockdown. So an interview with Maria Z and computer scientist Aman Jabi, a control system being formed by globally um, that includes an international vaccine passport, a social credit system, central uh, bank digital currency. There are 1 billion uh, data collecting surveillance cameras in the world, all connected to the Internet and using facial recognition. A lot of the hardware for these cameras has been weaponized with drone charging stations and LED microwave weapons that can be used on crowds of people. Cell phones, automobiles, smart appliances also collect and share data. Data on your activities is collected and fed to an AI control system that then establishes your credit score. Uh, Your digital identity will be your invisible prison. So this is an excellent interview with an excellent presentation. And also Dr. Mercola did a great write-up summarizing the entire interview and bringing in videos of what they're doing in China to the people there. So it's it's really, really scary stuff. And they do have this technology. A lot of people have been talking about the weaponized streetlights. Um, they, they call them puke rays. They have like, like beams on them that make people very, very nauseous and they can control crowds of people. So these things are going up in a lot of places. There's a lot of them and it's mostly, I believe, like Western countries. Um, they did itemize which countries have the most of this technology. USA, number one, has the most. The hey, second I- most is China. 
Okay. Let me ask you about that. The violet colored light that now we're seeing spring up, I guess, pretty much around the country, but in limited areas. But uh, that's a very cold, toxic moonlight, essentially. It's not a light that gives off life and light and love. There's a diabolical background to that plan. And I think Kingston shared some of that in that interview with yeah. Maria, if memory serves. Do you want to talk just a bit about that or is that in your presentation? Just give us a brief recap of why you guys think that's dangerous and part of this entire strategy. I'm not sure if, well, based on our presentation, uh, I think what I'm trying to understand, other than the dazzle effect of making someone nauseous, but I'm not even sure if that's what that would be used for. For me, I think that'd be more of an identifier. Also, it's probably uh, like to identify people um, from from a distance. If, if you're shining a light like that, it probably could be picked up um, by remote uh, remote sensing cameras, uh, things like that, from a distance to determine who isn't isn't uh, vaccinated. Basically, uh, it's also probably not good for eyesight. Uh, it's probably not good for the body in general. That that's that's I, I think I agree with you, Sean. It's, it's general is bad for the mood, um, but it's probably used for as an identifier to identify things. Yeah, okay. that's that's as much as we can say about that. Really, uh, yeah. we, we can research it more if you like for next time. <laughs> No, you know what? I I didn't know what's in your presentation here because, like I said, I didn't go through it before we had this conversation. So I'm just going along on the ride with the audience here. Uh, I'll do some research on that as well because I've heard some people talk about that LED purple violet light as being extremely mm-hmm. dangerous and unhealthy, and it's part of a nefarious yes. plan. So yeah, let's all dig into that a bit more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, a lot of frequencies and with LEDs, especially the blue lights, uh, anything that has a blue color uh, and and higher, like that UV purple stuff, is not good for the eyes. And the receptors and so therefore your brain um yeah yeah and so to round this out data on your activities is collected through this network and it's fed to an ai control system that then establishes your credit score your digital identity your digital identity will be your invisible prison so that is what this presentation was about and so now we're going to start poking holes in the evil plan, because a lot of people just think because they wrote it down on paper, mm-hmm. um, that means it's going to happen exactly the way they they wrote it out, right? So while we do believe that the global powers will do their best to implement their plans, we think that they may succeed with some aspects of their plans in a limited capacity. We see many flaws in their plan, and we think most of their plans will fail for the following reasons. Vaccine passports did not work. So... I know that in the U.S. there was a couple of states, a couple of cities that tried to implement the vaccine passport in order to get into restaurants. I think New York City was one of them. Um, but in most of uh, of America, uh, Sean, you didn't have the, uh, the experience of having to have a vaccine passport in order to get into any building anywhere there, right? No, I don't think so. If memory serves, it didn't get that far. But boy, we were sure on the cusp of it. Yeah, I didn't get that far in America. Well, it got that far here and all over Europe. And what really happened, and this is, this is, you're not going to find news stories because they, this is, they put propaganda out. But like what happened with us here was they implemented the vaccine passport in Morocco and it lasted four days. Let me correct myself too, because actually I, I should correct myself. At First Avenue in Minneapolis, Minnesota, they were requiring proof of vaccination cards to get in to see bands play. I think the same was true at Target Center. So it actually did come here to some extent. And I know it came to places like Seattle, Washington, because I was in Seattle, Washington. And my son and I, my son's on the spectrum. He and I got turned away 
from restaurants because we wouldn't provide proof of vaccination. So, I mean, that's not exactly what you're talking about, but it's darn close. Yeah, it got close. But is that still the case? Are are people still getting turned away? Probably true in Seattle in lib controlled hell holes like that, but uh, not not here. What happened here was they put all the signs up, they got all the security guards at the doors, and they told everybody you can't go into any public building without a vaccine passport. And it lasted for four days. And the Moroccan people rose up because they said you can't access your bank unless you have a vaccine. Well, that's what did it. That's what broke them. And that... Within with with Arab Spring very fresh on everybody's mind because it was only like ten years ago that that happened. Um, hundreds of thousands of Moroccans were out in all the streets protesting, and they immediately just stopped enforcing the vaccine passports. It did not work, and they dropped it in Europe. In a lot of places in Europe, they dropped it as well. And it's just basically it just didn't work. They tried it, but they couldn't sustain it. Right. Um, Another thing is uh, most people are rejecting the boosters. So they think that they'll get another 500 vaccines into the population when they can't get people to take the boosters right now. There's a lot of people rejecting the boosters all over the world. Um, another reason why their plans won't succeed is because Americans still have guns and they'll shoot before they get hauled off to a FEMA camp, we, we feel. Yeah. A lot of good patriots out there. They're not just going to let people take their lives away from them like that. Um, technology fails. So this is something Tavon brought up because he worked on networking and technology, you know, camera maintenance, cell phones that work all the time, power source and EMP. You want to just talk oh, about that? pretty much sums it up. You, you know, Sean, if you're going to put in a trillion or bajillion cameras, someone's got to fix them when they fail. Right. Um, or also, I mean, if if you are going to rely on that as your infrastructure, and, and I'm sure you heard the concept that the more complicated a, a society becomes, the more easier it is for failure. Um, you know, how are you going to try to manage that and say that's that's the new normal when there's always a threat of an EMP attack? Um, you know, I mean, if things got that bad, people might actually welcome an EMP. So, I, I, again, you know, these things don't just fix themselves. Um so a lot of this stuff is is fear mongering and and it's just it's about you changing your mindset about how you want to approach these things and what yeah. you want to do to change it. And again, just and I'll shut up because we want to get through the rest of your presentation here. But uh, they need our compliance. Yes. And if the Moroccan okay. people weren't going to comply with vaccine passports or digital IDs, which would be their invisible prison, then without the compliance, the whole system falls apart. The whole strategy falls apart. So we got to remember that because Plandemic 2 is coming. The World Health Organization, mm-hmm. the CDC, the FDA, of course, the mainstream media, they're going to push the next boogeyman virus on us, and they're going to do a rinse and repeat on all of this. So yep. I hope we all learned our lesson. As California yep. right now, as we're speaking, it's considering more indoor mask mandates. I mean, they're not going to get people to comply, I don't think, but uh, yeah. we yeah. shall see. So like we just what you just said, Sean, I mean, you know, these sorcerers keep saying these things. But remember, many places in the world do not have the infrastructure to host the kind of high tech system, uh, which goes for surveillance and the tracking and tracing or any form of digital currency. I, I mean, I joke with Naima about this, you know, especially if you certain channels, you go on looking at cryptocurrency or, or, or Bitcoin, how if you remember 10 years ago, it used to be for the unbanked and, and, you know, or, or they, they always say, Oh, the people in Africa, the people in Africa, for example, you know, and I said, until I see Muhammad in the Medina selling his onions, 
for a fraction of a Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm just not going to see that full. Uh, that it'll be all cryptocurrency. All cryptocurrency Everything's you know, cashless. Full adoption. You know, yeah, well, it's there's a, there's a lot of places of the world that still operate very heavily in cash, and they just don't have the infrastructure or trading or, or to go digital where they can all be controlled digitally. It's like barter. You know. So. Well, that's a good thing because you know. The powers that ought not be, they don't want Bitcoin. They want central bank digital currencies. So yes. it's very good that people reject that and stick with cash. I mean, that's why there's a whole narrative about cash is dirty. Cash is used for nefarious activities. Cash is yeah. only used by drug dealers. Let's phase out cash because we want to phase out criminality. While our borders are wide open and there's trafficking of human beings happening, as we speak in this nation, because they won't defend the border. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> but they always say, oh, it's about making us safer. Let's get rid of cash. Let's roll out a central bank digital currency. Oh, and by the way, your digital identity, that will be your invisible prison. So enjoy that, slave, if you comply. All of yeah. this requires our compliance. The next slide we put together, because if they do try to pull something, we want to just give people a few of the events that we personally witnessed, just hopefully this will stick in people's minds the next time they try to pull something so that you can remember that this is what actually happened in reality. So we've seen it for ourselves while living in another country that their plans fell apart during COVID. The infrastructure wasn't there to support the technology. The enforcement couldn't control the people and the rules were enforced for a short period of time and then ignored by the entire population. So these are the events we witnessed with people we know in our own life and community. Morocco was only able to coerce its population into getting the vaccine for four months. After four months, all COVID regulations were completely eliminated. Anyone that was able to hold out for those four months and not get a vaccine is now allowed to do everything you were told you were going to be required to get a vaccine to do. Mm -hmm. Go to school, keep a job. They just dropped everything. So we've got that going on here. Um, our friend who did not want to get the vaccine felt that he had to get it in order to travel back to his business in the UK as the UK required a vaccine in order to enter the country. He had waited 12 months to get back to the UK. One month after he got the shots to go, the UK dropped all vaccine and testing requirements to enter the country. If only he would have waited. Now he's stuck with that poison in his body for the rest of his life. Friends wanted to travel from the U.S. into Morocco. They had gone two years without ever getting a PCR test or a vaccine. And you know, those PCR tests have not lots of nasty stuff in them that can also get you very sick and track and trace you. We've covered that in previous uh, presentations. Um, so Morocco required a PCR test in order to enter the country at that time. They waited till the vaccine mandate was dropped, but there still was the PCR test requirement. So they got their first PCR test ever to fly into the country. Three days after they arrived in Morocco, Morocco dropped the PCR test requirement. If only they would have waited. And here's a great verse from the Bible, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So if you're getting a message from God to just wait a little bit longer, stay in your house a little bit longer, there's probably a reason why, because the storm is going to pass over. Mm. 
Um, we're going to talk about the concept of critical mass and the resistance. And, you know, just in the interest of time, we're only just pointing out the headlines, but there's links to all of these deeper stories in the post, like we said. Um, this one, I had to vet this by uh, Todd Callender, and I, I did. So he said that he's heard of this, and I've heard some other people say they've heard of this. So I decided to go ahead and share it. Dr. Betsy Eads, she reports that a doctor in Malaysia has been put to death using the Nuremberg Code by like the local villagers for giving out COVID injections that killed people. So I'm hoping that's the beginning mm-hmm. of these doctors being attacked by the people whose family members they're killing. That's that's what we're expecting. Right. Yeah. So there's so that's happening. Um, and there's rumors that that's also happening in Russia because this is in Malaysia. That kind of thing would happen uh, because of the the uh, the culture there. And there's rumors that it's also happening in Russia. Of course, it's not being covered by the mainstream news because they don't want the word to get out for people to reach critical mass and see that this is actually happening. But there's riots in China. So what happened in China, if you don't know, recently a they were all locked on lockdown with their zero COVID uh, policy. A lot of people were locked inside of these giant skyscraper buildings, and one of them caught on fire, and it killed dozens of residents that were trapped inside of that building thanks to the lockdown. That uh, really made a lot of people freak out and go out into the streets and start protesting. But what really did it also is that during the World Cup, which uh, I think is still going on, Yes. It just ended. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, finals. So these countries, um, including China, they love their World Cup. So they were watching the World Cup, and you have to understand they're all very censored. They can't see what goes on in the rest of the world. So the, for the first time, these uh, these Chinese with all of their mask mandates and their, their injections and everything else that they have to do, they're watching these stadiums filled with hundreds of thousands of people at the World Cup. And nobody was wearing a mask in the rest of the world. And so they saw that for the first time and they, they kind of lost it. And the reports of what's going on over there, uh, from people that have lived there for a long time, the things that they're saying against their government is the worst that they've seen it in 30 years. And also there's advertisements now for new job postings in, in Canada for the, uh, body removal agents. Um, you can get paid two hundred dollars a day. Uh, it, and on the job posting, it says a dedicated team of body removal agents responding to sudden and expected deaths. Yeah. Wow. So all the sudden deaths are ne- like the bodies literally are piling up where they have to post job listings for body removal agents. Can you guys imagine a dystopic movie, a Hollywood movie? Let's just go back ten years before any of this stuff. Let's go back twenty years. Let's go back to prior to nine eleven. Can you imagine watching a dystopic movie where governments collude with big pharma and they roll out a bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine that starts killing people suddenly? The numbers are quantifiable. They're off the charts like nothing we've ever seen before. And in the movie, the mainstream media covers up for big pharma. Government covers up for big pharma. And they all say there's nothing to see here. It's safe and effective. Like, and the people don't do anything. I mean, we see precious little in terms of a revolt in this movie. And would you buy that? I mean, it doesn't really sound plausible, but that's where we are. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine it. I didn't, I never thought this would happen in my lifetime. And no. each, each and every day, even though it's been a couple of years now, 
each and every day I still wake up and I say, I still, I'm still finding it hard to believe that I'm living in this. I'm living through this. Yeah. Cause the but numbers the same- are off the charts. They are. The numbers are off the charts. I mean, the VARES reporting database, et cetera, the quantifiable numbers, you know, Ed Dowd telling us, you know, the insurance actuary numbers. I mean, they're off the charts. This stuff is undeniable. They're hiring body removal agents. That's how bad it is. And the mainstream media says, just go get your jab. Yeah. This week Mm. alone, Sean, this week alone, we had two funeral processions walk by our house. We live in the middle of nowhere. And where we live, the entire village comes out when somebody dies. So two people on our little road that we live in died this week alone. It's there's death all around us. It reminds us of that that um, that Bible verse about how ten thousand will fall at your side and a thousand by your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Like it's literally like the Great Passover is going on right now, and everybody's dying around us. It's 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 horrifying to live through this and see this happening. Well, I will really promise now to pipe down. We're on slide twenty. How many slides do we have left? Uh, just about six more. All right. I'll six be quiet. Yeah. So um, we want to just address that, address that there's a lot of mayhem going on in the skies. Uh, there's been pilots that are dying. Uh, the number of pilots passing out or dying while flying has increased worldwide. Pilots are dying during takeoff and landing, and co-pilots are taking over. In one incident, uh, both pilots fell asleep and missed the landing altogether. They just flew right over the landing strip and never descended to land because they were both knocked unconscious in the cockpit. Uh, So one of the, this is really something now, listen to this. One of the air traffic controllers that works in management in Madrid, Spain, anonymously reported that there were 28 unscheduled emergency landings in one month due to medical issues associated with people losing consciousness. Airline colleagues fearing they will lose their job have been discreetly discussing the total number of unscheduled emergency landings due to medical issues that involve unconsciousness. It used to be one to two per year of emergency medical landings across all the Spanish airports in the country. Now it's about 30 a month, every month since the beginning of 2022. So in Spain alone, 30 planes a month have to make an emergency landing because of the pilot or the flight attendant losing consciousness while in the air. Yeah, it's a hundredfold increase. And again, this is we're just reporting on the articles that are that uh, we're finding. So we, we'll link to that article um, and the different uh, There's a lot of people reporting on the events that are going on. We want to tell you guys about a website. Um, it's called the COVID-19 Humanity Betrayal Memory Project. And they are now talking about the hospital killing fields as an archive. So people are sharing their testimonies and they're, they're uploading sometimes 10 videos a day. Uh, many, there's like hundreds on there right now. It's a living archive of the COVID crimes against humanity, the testimonials of people who have been killed by the hospitals and more. So you'll see stories on there like they murdered my mother, murdered by mandate, murdered by FDA death protocol. I watched them murder my husband. And here's a quote. If you went into the hospital in 2021 without being vaccinated, they would make sure you never came out. So this is part of things reaching 
critical mass. Yeah. Uh, so we also have the un- uh, Indian government blames public for getting vaccines despite being aware of its side effects and claims it cannot be held liable for injuries. So starting, Sean, you know, parts of the world are uh, the governments are just starting to just turn 180 and say, well, you know, we didn't win. say you make you actually have to take the shot. So the any government states the vaccines were voluntary. They were administered by the government and all advertisement done by the government falsely, uh, falsely informed the public that the vaccines were safe. Then you have the Danish prime minister flees when confronted uh, with vaccine mass murder. Prime Minister Met Frederiksen uh, was confronted by the leader of a new Danish political party called the Freedom List, a new party formed during the COVID scandal. She fled like a criminal. I think she went to the bus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Australia reversing 45,000 COVID fines. Two Australians won their case with the Supreme Court over COVID fines. As many as 45,000 penalties could be struck down as a result. So, uh, yeah, people, uh, fines are being um, reversed. Guys, just a quick break here with a word from our sponsor. Well, 2022 has shown us what might be coming in the future, and it's more inflation and possibly a very, very bad recession. It's time to take action, despite the fact that any investment can lose money and past performance is no indication of future results. A precious metals IRA using tax-advantaged gold and silver to keep inflation at bay might just be what you need to give yourself protection from financial nightmares. And you'll get a stunning free 3-ounce Silver American Virtue coin when you open up a qualifying IRA account this month. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. So call 877-646-5347 to find out more or just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. The link is directly below. Okay, now we're going to get into the last part of our segment here. We want to tell people about COINTELPRO tactics that are being used to delay critical mass. And that's what we say. So they're trying to control the way society acts. They've got these things called social science scientists. Um, this is So this is the history of what you want to look into. I, I was talking to a friend. She said, I'm seeing all this infighting. I'm seeing things happening in the comments section. I'm seeing a lot of infiltration in the truth movement. What is going on? And I said, it's all COINTELPRO, honey. And this is what I meant. So these are the things that you want to look into so that you can understand what it is we feel that you're seeing when um, when you see all of this, these, this, this different fighting that's going on. So the COINTEL program started in the 1950s as an obscure branch of the CIA's MKUltra mind control project group during the Cold War, a time when the United States and its allies were in conflict with Russia. COINTELPRO was a counterintelligence program. It was a series of covert and at times illegal projects conducted by the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation, which was aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting domestic political organizations. So this is from our book, by the way. We wrote about this in our book as well. Um, So part of this is the Joint Threat Research Intelligence Group, or JTRIG. It's a unit of the GCHQ, the uh, Government Communication Headquarters, the British Intelligence Agency. The existence of JTRIG was revealed as part of the global surveillance disclosures by the NBC News and documents leaked by the former National Security Agency contractor, Edward Snowden. So a lot of these online tactics are coming from JTRIG. And then also you need to know about Tavistock, 
It's a propaganda creating and dissemination organization that studies human psychology and predictable behaviors known as social science scientists. Tavistock is responsible for the U.S. involvement in all world wars, the Bolshevik Revolution, CIA programs like MKUltra, and much more. And this is a book by John Coldman called The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations um, that we've linked to as well. I highly suggest people take a look at that. What we're showing you here are actual slides from the leaked um, training documents for JTRIG showing gambits for deception. This is from 2014. We actually did a two-hour presentation that I will link to in the notes as well. We went through all of this stuff in great detail, showing you the kinds of things that they do to try to discredit a company, discredit a, a target, uh, put a plant in place. Uh, the different stuff they do online with um, controlling the masses and this, this psychological operations. It's all right here. Okay. So with that said, there's two cases that we just want to present if you don't know. So we're telling you what um, we're seeing, what's being reported on. So this is the actual case. Dr. Robert Malone is suing the uh, the Bregans. Uh, Peter McCullough from America Out Loud, Dr. Jane Ruby, and um, Red Voice Media, which is Stu Peters. He's suing them for $25 million for defamation. So we wanted to make sure that you knew that this was happening. This is going on a, a lot right now. So here's a statement by Dr. Jane Ruby. She's saying that she is indeed being sued for $25 million by Dr. Robert Malone for defamation. These claims are baseless and will be proven baseless. And she has a fund for protect, protect Dr. Jane for her legal defense fund. So we'll put a link to that as well. But I, we feel that the, the desired end result is to keep the masses from uniting to fight against the government uh, that's engaged in an active worldwide genocide of humanity. So this is what we're talking about as far as infighting and distractions. I didn't know anything about this case at all. And so I think just to be fair to Malone, and by the way, I've interviewed Dr. Jane Ruby once and Stu Peters once. I don't know the Breggans. Uh, I've never interviewed Robert Malone, but I've kind of looked at this thing from, you know, the 40,000 foot view as being anybody who speaks out against this thing as being a bioweapon is a good guy in my book. And people like Michael Yeadon, for instance, who you mentioned earlier in the interview, former uh, insider or VP at uh, Pfizer, I welcome truth from wherever it comes. I guess what I'm saying here is because you mentioned COINTELPRO and Tavistock in the previous slides, I don't know that you're necessarily saying that uh, that pertains to Robert Malone specifically, but what is he claiming here? H how did he get slandered? Do, do we know? Why, why $25 million? Did his feelings get hurt? I like, I don't get it. Well, I don't, I don't he, he, we are going to link to his statement on it as well. It's a rather long statement. So he is just claiming um, defamation against these particular doctors. So, defamation. Okay. Defamation, not yeah, slander. Defamation. He's claiming defamation. Well, there is so, some infighting in the space. And, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know what everybody's interests are. I can't see in everybody's hearts. You know, so I don't know what's going on here. It surprises me to see that, though. That's a big number, 25 million. Indeed, it is. That's a lot of money. And what we what we notice is that the people in this lawsuit are people we consider to be like real leaders of this resistance. So, you know, is it is it targeting these people? 
So to take them out of the equation so that we lose the fight, I'm not sure. You know, we could speculate on a lot of things, but we wanted to make sure people knew that this was going on and also that they knew that there is such a thing as COINTELPRO tactics and all kinds of distractions and things that are happening so that people can look really sharp in their discernment um, and still listen to the right kinds of information so that they can get the truth out. All right. Well, it's just disheartening because I'm hearing things about others in the space uh, that are taking credit for things that I guess they should be taking credit for because it, it just it's disheartening because we're all in the fight for truth in this war against humanity. So, you know, I, I celebrated Dr. Robert Malone's work early on because he was coming out and essentially calling this thing a bioweapon like Eden was. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he and was so, he was against it, and he was he was he seemed to be fighting on the right side. So nobody really understands what's going on here. All right. But, well, um, all I'm saying is there the phones need to be picked up. This is the last thing we need is infighting and lawsuits amongst truth tellers. It's a shame to see this. This is the last yeah. thing any of us in the truth space want to see. Yeah. Yeah, it is a shame to see it. Um, but you know, I think that we can overcome this. Hopefully it'll all just go away. Maybe he'll drop the the lawsuit and everything will be back to us fighting us versus, you know, the real bad guys. Right. So and there there's one more that we do want to bring up under the same umbrella here. So this is a big scandal that um, seems to have broken. So we're just reporting on Stu Peters did an interview with a whistleblower from the America Frontline Doctors. And there is a lawsuit now from members of America Frontline Doctors against their leader, which is Simone Gold. And so this is what the lawsuit says and what the whistleblower is is saying. Uh, Dr. Simone Gold, she's the founder of America's Frontline Doctors. Um, she's one of the leading defenses against the COVID tyranny. American frontline doctors raised money and donations that was meant to help victims of the COVID tyranny while spending 60 days in jail for participating in the January 6th at the Capitol. An audit was performed on Simone Gold's personal finances. So there's now this lawsuit underway. The lawsuit states that she embezzled the money from the organization and spent it on a $3.6 million mansion, which she lives in rent free with her boyfriend, who is an underwear model that is 20 years younger than she. She bought three cars with the group's money, spent $12,000 a month on personal security, $5,600 a month on a personal housekeeper. She uses the group's money to fly around on private jets, and her boyfriend uses $10,000 a month on himself with the group credit cards. Other members of America Frontline Doctor staff are now in an uproar against what they have discovered. That's why this lawsuit is taking place. And the whistleblower came forward on the Stu Peters show to discuss what was happening. So that's another thing that's happening. That is, you know, it's if this is true, then it's a real shame. But it's also really meaning to hurt the movement of people that are trying to stand up against these tyrannical governments and what they're doing. Did you want to comment on that at all, Sean? Well, no, I mean, I would just say that uh, I don't know either of these people very well. I, you know, I met Simone Gold once and it was at that Las Vegas Jim Caviezel movie event, the movie uh, Caviezel made about uh, child trafficking. And she mm -hmm. didn't know me from Adam because I mean, why would she recognize me? I don't appear in my videos and she wasn't familiar with SGT report when I introduced myself, uh, but she was pleasant. 
I mean, that's all I can say about that. I've never talked to the woman beyond that. And that was just a very, very short, brief exchange. So again, to me, this is just a real shame. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's very sad because the enemies of humanity, they're already embezzling our money. The the Pentagon can't account for more than $2 trillion in recent transactions. And we just signed an $858 billion NDAA bill to give them more money. It's just, boy, it's a sad, sad state of affairs. Yeah, it certainly is. But, you know, we want to end this on a great note. So we got our special little video that we prepared just for you. We went, we made the video here for Sean mm-hmm. and for everybody that watches SGT Report and all of the wonderful uh, customers that we've had that come from your show, Sean. We made this video because we really wanted to show you all the impact that you have had on our lives and on the lives of many people around here that um, have been dramatically changed because of the support of people like you. So I'm going to share this video. Oh boy, guys, I have not seen this. So uh, this is flattering, but embarrassing at the same time. We kept it as a surprise because we wanted to get your genuine reaction. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that. Okay. Here we go. Hi, this is Hope and Tavon from Fix the World Morocco, and we wanted to make this special video just for Sean at SGT Report and Sean's audience. Hi, Sean. Hi, everyone. We just wanted to let you know that uh, we want to thank you for uh, supporting supporting us, and we're just lucky to, uh, to, to have met you, and we just wanted to show you around. And that we don't want to let you know that you've made it possible uh, for us uh, to grow this business to help as many people as possible. And uh, we've been doing this business since 2017 with over 10,000 customers. And uh, we just want to give you a big giant thank you and show you around to, to see what's going on. When we first started, it was just the two of us making all of our EMF protection products by hand. And since then, we've grown, we've hired a whole bunch of people, and we've built a factory. So we're going to bring you inside of our factory so you can all meet everybody and see what you've made possible. This is Maribel. She's one of our artisans. Uh, we met her through our local church, and she's from Cameroon, and she's doing the resin pour right now. So that's kind of a delicate process. Um, but uh, that's pretty much how we blend in all of our ingredients into the epoxy resin uh, to make our products uh, in our molds. <laughs> Hi, and this is Khadija, uh, our lovely personal assistant. Uh, she helps with the operation of the business. She's currently filling out forms for our customers. Um, we have quite a few forms to go through, and uh, she's a very valuable member of the team. <laughs> And this is my mom. This is Valerie, and she also has her own help website. Yes, I do. Say hi, everybody. Right now, she is helping us uh, packing all of the orders to get them out. She's part of the team as well. And this is uh, also Samuel, and he is another one of our artisans. Uh, you know, really good at what he does. Uh, we met him uh, from the local church. Also, he's also he's from Nigeria. What's up, Nigerians? <laughs> <laughs> what Samuel's doing, he's actually um, painting shungite for the black color into the molds um, before we actually pour the resin in. So he's actually priming the molds with this uh, EMF protection shungite powder. Here's our lovely Hyatt, and she's picking vegetables out of our organite garden to feed everybody for lunch. That's cool. 
You've seen in general the factory. What we have on this side is all of our stock, um, our sleeping pods, getting ready to be wrapped for our customers. And as we work our way around, we have our tiles, we have our Shanghai uh, pyramids in here, we have our different pendants here, uh, along with the different uh, different phone shields. You see, mom is uh, packing, uh, packaging each item for our customers. These boxes are all of our customers um, from our custom molds that we make here. And from these molds, they end up being our products um, that go out that we ship worldwide. And again, this is a, a team that grew organically from just uh, three people. And we feel so blessed to be able to uh, do this, provide a service for our customers and for Sean. So from all of us here at Fix the World Morocco, to all of you there, we just want to say, God bless you, LGT Report! Well, that was very kind. I appreciate that, you guys. You've got a lovely operation there. And I would say that uh, by looking at the footage there, you're eating healthier and living better than most people on this planet. I mean, that's really, really cool. And as it pertains to supporting you guys with your, your products here, uh, you know, I'd just like to point out, Merck makes Gardasil. It sterilizes people, right? It hurts people. It harms people. They put fluoride in our water. I mean, Monsanto makes glyphosate. Or at least they did. I think they may have sold that. I know they sold their bovine growth hormone. No, they probably still own their glyphosate product, don't they? So, I mean, the point is, is that corporations, well, they hurt us. You've got yeah. private business owners here who are trying to help us with their EMF protection products. So thanks for what you guys do. That was a very nice video. Well, we're so happy to be able to share with you and Thank everybody you, else, Thank kind you. of bring you into our house a little bit and show you around. And so you can see that we're real people and we absolutely love what we do and we love getting wonderful yeah. feedback from people. So yes. our last slide here to, to, to let, let people know what we've got. We've got some sleeping pods to help for a good night's sleep. We got charge plates yeah. to use all around the home. We've got our phone shields, pendants, our garden sets. Uh, we, we have a much bigger garden than the one you saw. We have garden beds everywhere from all the organites. Um, things grow wonderful here in the desert. And uh, also tiles for incorporating EMF protection into construction projects. And all of our um, our website has all of our videos about the science behind our products, how they work, why they work, how to use them. We've got some of our testimonies as well. And we've partnered up with you, Sean. So if you use Sean's link, uh, Sean will get a nice commission from that to help support him and the work that he does. So... With that said, thank you so much, and uh, we're really happy to yeah, be on again. again. Oh, thank you, guys. Thanks so much. What a fantastic presentation. And again, those products, guys, are available. I'll leave the link below. They ship worldwide, so it doesn't matter where you're living. As you listen to this information, you can get your hands on a handy-dandy phone shield or those sleeping pods. I think they're great. Uh, I'm sleeping better. And, you know, I the science, we've talked about this in the past, Devon. It's yeah. real science, and people can learn all about this on your website, right? Yeah, absolutely. We did a four-part presentation. It's in the blog section, um, but it's worth going through. I think people will find it fascinating. All right. Well, guys, you did an excellent job today. I want to thank you so much for your time. Again, the website is ftwproject.com. The book, which was ahead of its time, Forbidden Tech. They wrote that in 2017. Great researchers. They live in Morocco. Hope and Devon. Thank you so much, guys. 
Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank you, Sean. God bless. God, God bless, bless you. you. Okay, guys, you made it to the end. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Here's the very special presentation from Hope and Tavon, which was posted on Hope's channel, Hope Girl, on BitChute. I think you're going to appreciate this breakdown of season one of the TV show, Stargate Atlantis. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, this is Hope Girl, and we're calling this presentation The Spinning Vaxxed Phenomenon. Did we just find the cause? Because we think we did, and we're going to walk you guys through. So today, I've got my husband, Tavon, with me here. Say hi. Hi. And um, so, look, if you're um, really impatient and you want to just skip forward to find out what you think the reason for these people just doing this weird spinning thing, and like they see something that isn't there, then you can fast forward if you want to, to a certain point in the presentation where we give away what the cause is. And... Maybe I'll put the um, time marker here so you know where to go. But we really think that you shouldn't do this because what we want to do is we want to walk you guys through the entire phenomenon from the beginning to what we think is the cause so that you can go on this journey with us and that you can use your mind to see the clues that we're going to be pointing out because you'll have a deeper understanding as far as what they're doing to human beings. So before we start, we're going to start with uh, the first couple of videos about this phenomenon. But Tavon, when you saw these videos of these people just spinning, what was your first reaction? Um, I thought it was very unusual because the uh, video clips were taken from different parts of the planet. And, uh, you know, the, the two people I saw initially, the two different clips, uh, they showed the same signs before they both collapsed. And I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, so I thought it was very unusual for this to be caught on footage by two separate cameras. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up, that you've never seen anything like this before. These, these clips, th this, this is a new phenomenon. This is not like, oh, it's always happened and it just it was never caught. This is a new phenomenon where suddenly these videos are popping up with these people that are doing the exact same motions. Mm -hmm. Exact same motions. Now... Yeah, I mean, also around the same time when the videos start to appear, you'd have some comments saying, oh, this is what happens when someone has a stroke or an aneurysm. aneurysm. And I'm sorry. I mean, you know, if that was the case, you'd, you'd see more of that. Well, it's just, it's, so that's actually a clue. So before we go uh, any further, let's just uh, let's start playing some of the first roles because the aneurysm is a clue, and we're going to bring that up, and we're going to put all these clues together so that people can see for themselves and draw their own conclusions uh, if they think that what we found mm -hmm. is what this actually is. Because we, I personally really feel we explained the phenomenon. We, we've got it figured out. Okay, so the first clip we're going to watch is one of Max Egan's older videos. Uh, he did it a few weeks back, I think. And he brings up two different videos here. The first two, uh, one is a guy in India, and he just starts looking, he starts spinning to the right, looking up, spinning to the right, and raising his right hand. And unfortunately, he falls into a running train and dies. Um, and the other one is the same exact thing that happened in um, China, I believe. It was a, a hospital lab in China or a drugstore in China where the guy was up at the counter. He starts, looks up to the right, starts spinning, and collapses. Caught on a security camera at 
a train station in India, one of the guards at the train station suddenly, just standing there, suddenly he starts turning his head. And he starts spinning around. He lifts up one arm, then he collapses, falls over, and goes underneath the train and dies. Pretty gruesome. But then, caught on another security camera in a bank in China, we have a man standing at the counter in China and he does exactly the same thing. Now what's causing that? I mean, you notice the similarities there. They both turned their head, then they started spinning, they both lifted one arm, and then they dropped. It almost looks like they could see something, that, you know, something we can't see. Yeah, now looking at that, there was a woman in a nail salon who did something similar a few months prior to that. And as I stated on that little report, it's, it's almost like they're seeing something that we can't see. Well, interesting as a follow-up to that, there was a video that came out from a guy filling water bottles in India. Have a look at this.
It really does look like these people are seeing something that we can't see. I mean, that was definitely strange what that guy was doing. This is just not normal. This isn't just someone having an aneurysm. Because there was people that said to me, this, this looks like a brain aneurysm. Looking up to your right, it looks like a brain aneurysm. But what was that guy doing? Very strange stuff, folks. Yes, very strange stuff indeed. So you mentioned a couple things as you were watching that. The, the girl in the nail salon. Yes, um, in the raw footage that came, came out a couple of seconds before that particular cut, uh, there's a flash, almost like the camera light on her phone goes off, mm -hmm. and, and the light bounces off her arm literally uh, one or two seconds before she goes into a seizure. So there was speculation that this, there was some kind of signal, electronic signal coming, coming from her phone that activated something in her, right? Or, yes, or a, either from her phone or wherever the pulse was coming from, it triggered a circuit in the phone mm -hmm. um, in the process. And also, take note, because there's a few more we're going to show you in a little bit. Every single one of them is all turning to the right. They're looking up and they're looking to the right and they're spinning to the right. There is one where a man appears to be turning to the left. However, that is on a camera that is mirrored, so it's all in reverse. But that man also was turning to the right. So they have everything in common and they're also swatting at something. Uh, it looks like they're seeing something that they're terrified of. Uh, the thing about all three of these and, and the other footage uh, that's been compiled since then is that literally one or two seconds before the event, everyone looks like they're just casual and normal. Yeah, and there's like nothing to have prompted it. It just comes out of nowhere. Nothing it's indicates... It's very sudden. Nothing indicates like a, a sudden stroke or, you know, sweating or it's just, they're just standing there. And Max Egan had mentioned that a couple of people wrote into him when he first showed these videos on his video. Um, they, sa they said they were nurses and that they had seen something like this before where people just look up to the right as they're having an aneurysm, but they don't see people swatting like they're seeing something that's scaring the life out of them. Yes. Um, but that's why he was mention mentioning that it looks like an aneurysm. So that's another clue. Um, like we said before, same symptoms, because um, it's not like every single person is having a different kind of reaction. They're all doing the exact same motions. Also, toward, towards the end, after they collapsed and pretty much um, on their way out and the body is going through seizures, the body seems to um, freeze stiff. Yes. Like all the muscles contracted into a, into a, a like they're, they're frozen like a board. And some of these footages, when they carry, other people carry the bodies off of the camera, they're like frozen like a board. Yeah, like their nervous system has been completely hijacked, right? Um, we're going to go on to one more video that came out recently. It's another video of a man that is just in a grocery store. This is the one where he's turning. It seems like he's turning in the opposite direction, but it's actually a mirrored camera. So he is turning to the right like the rest of them. And he just, uh, you know, puts it, he's walking through the aisles. He goes to reach into his wallet. Everything is totally normal. And then suddenly he sees something and does the same motion. Um, yeah, in addition to what, what you just said, all of these people, for the most part, look as if they see something or they notice something with, visually before the episode really takes hold. Yeah, and it, it causes like an emotional reaction within them. They're scared. 
So there's some, that was the footage. And again, he was just checking his wallet and then he, it's like he noticed something, then looks up and looks as if this thing was going to swoop down on him. Yeah, and I actually played that video over and over and over again and looked in on it really closely. And there looks like there's these two dark shadows that are walking across the aisle in the back. Um, it could just be that the camera angle was a little wacky and there was people, but it looked like dark shadows that hit uh, the, the screen at the same time that the guy started spinning. Yeah, it's a very unusual footage. If you get a chance to see the full clip, I recommend you do it because um, several seconds before that episode, there were normal people walking in the back aisle uh, and then up to a second before the event, you see two almost shifting figures walking back uh, back across the aisle. Very strange. Now, you might think that this is just a phenomenon, but there's actually a compilation video that's out there. So we're going to play that now. We're going to talk over it while we're playing it. So you can see it's not just those couple, but this is, this is happening all over the place. Right, this guy is standing in a crowd of people, and he's the he's only one affected. Quickly spiraling. Now, he actually sees something that looks like it's where the camera is. Yeah, and you then, can see it. We've seen this one before. Again, spiraling to the right. It's gra like almost something is grabbing his right arm and, and, and pulling him along. Or like something's flying around his head and he's following it. This one, what's interesting with this one is after the guy uh, dies, the guy sitting on the bench just gets up and walks away. Uh, like, I don't want any part of this. It's, it's awful. Oh, goodness. So he actually sees something going around, around him. And the pose that, that he ends up making is something similar to a medieval painting. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. You know, like one of the Dante's... Uh, Dante's Inferno? Yes. Yeah. Now, several. this is the one where you see a pulse of light several seconds before the event. All right. So now let's move on to our investigation. We were watching one of our favorite TV shows the other day, and we saw something very interesting. Now... Predictive programming, the, the definition of that is these are where events are depicted in a movie or a TV show that later come to pass. So this comes from Stargate Atlantis Season 1 in an episode called The Hot Zone. And I'm trying to remember what year this came out, um, but it was like maybe 2008, 2006, around somewhere around there. So that's when this came out. We're going to be playing scenes from this, and it, it just blew our minds. It just blew our minds what we saw in this one episode. Okay, so in summary, uh, the plot of the show is um, the, the basically the entire crew or the staff of the Atlantis go into an unexplored part of the city after they had to do a flood situation in a previous episode, and it's an undiscovered part, and when they go in there, along the way, they get infected by some unknown Atlantean contagion, and, they, and it causes things like violent hallucinations before they die from a brain aneurysm, and they see things in all that only the infected see. Good work, boys and girls. Let's go home. Wait, wait, wait. We're missing Johnson and Wagner. Wagner, Johnson, what's your position? We need backup! They're 
coming at us! What? Where are they? Uh, down this corridor. We're on our way! Johnson. Johnson, you okay? Okay. He's dead. Johnson, what happened here? They got him. Who got him? Well, calm down. There's nothing here. Can't you see them? They're everywhere. I can't. I need a medical team down here. Stat. So when that woman was flailing around at something that she could see that nobody else could see, that looked an awful lot like some of those videos that we just showed you in real life of what's going on right now, people flailing around at things. Also, uh, when in this uh, episode, the, those who were infected, they died, they showed blood coming from the nose and the eyes, which indicates some kind of head trauma. Um, also, later on in the episode, they also show what it is exactly uh, these infected people are seeing before they die yes and so there is some kind of they do mention that it is an aneurysm we'll get to that part but to set up the next scene what's going on is the crew is now backtracking to where these two um, crew members who had just died where they were infected with something so they go into a literal ancient bioweapons lab that is in this futuristic city and they find broken vials that had some kind of contaminant in the vials and that's basically where the, the contamination came from. Don't touch anything. Any number of these smashed and open containers could have released the virus that killed Johnson and Wagner. And how would something like that survive for all these years? Viruses can remain dormant for long periods. I'm hoping the answer will be found in the database. Okay, I think that we yes, have to... Yes, 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 yes. doesn't appear to be networked in with the rest of the ancient systems. In fact, if you look, it only contains information about the experiments that took place in this room. Weir, it's McKay. Go ahead, Rodney. Where's Beckett? He's on his way. Take some time to load a whole medical team into suits. Well, we seem to have stumbled across something that I find a little troubling. That's not what I wanted to hear. I think we may have found an ancient viral lab. Wagner and Johnson must have been exposed here. Now, it would take weeks to sift through all this data, and there's no way of knowing whether the ancients were just studying the viruses or actively creating them. Either way, the storm's done quite a number on this place, and I've got it. To me. To me? Dumek! 
So the third crew member is now contaminated with the same exact symptoms, and we saw the little peak of the demon yes. um, that these people are seeing right before they, uh, they pass. So it's, it's an unusual episode because it's tying in somehow viral, well, the, the virus that's spreading this, that's, a, that's having people see this entity floating around before they die. Also, if you look at the Atlantis um, uh, storyline, is the, the, the people who came from Earth who are exploring this Atlantis that's on another planet in another galaxy, they're basically in the presence of an ancient smart city. Mm-hmm. Where everything is highly intelligent and automated. Yes, advanced technology. Now, the next scene that we'll set up here is where they first do some autopsies on the first couple of people that were killed by this, and this is where they're discovering that it is, in fact, some sort of aneurysm. Dr. Beckett, I have the preliminary autopsy results in the first two victims, sir. Anything of interest? They both died of a ruptured saccular brain aneurysm, which in and itself isn't all that remarkable. I mean, sure, the chances of two people standing next to each other and dying of it is statistically improbable, yes. But it's not the smoking gun we were hoping for, because I know you said... Get to the good part, Dr. Beetle. Sorry, sir. What is truly interesting is that both ruptures happened in exactly the same place, right above the visual cortex. And the third one, Dumais. Just getting to her now, sir. I'll let you know. She did say brain aneurysm, right? That's right. It's the best news I've heard all day. Let me show you something. I haven't read the entire entry because it's incredibly long, but this looks like our guy. Six-hour hibernation, reoccurring visions, and best of all, so I've left it till last, brain hemorrhage or aneurysm. That definitely sounds familiar. Maybe there's something in here about how to... Since when? About an hour. First you think it's just your eyes playing tricks on you, but eventually... They get worse. You too? They come right at you. Just like a ghost. So, again, they confirmed that it was an aneurysm, and also he's looking into the records of that lab, and he found somebody in those records from a long time ago that had the same things happen to them. But the interesting part here is that they're saying that the aneurysm occurred in the exact same place of their brain, which was above the visual cortex, the area where they can see things, and that's probably what's causing the hallucinations. All right, so we're just going to go to the next scene, where basically um, another person is taken out by the same phenomenon. Dr. Beckett. Any progress, Dr. Biro? Just finished Dumais' autopsy. Would it surprise you to learn she died of a ruptured brain aneurysm above the visual cortex, sir? No, it wouldn't. Thank you, doctor. Didn't think so. You know, the position of the rupture could explain the visions. 
Swelling in that area before the breakage could absolutely account for the hallucinations. I'm no MD, but wouldn't brain swelling on the visual cortex just mean that we experience the washes of color or weird visual anomalies? It would depend on the person. Yeah, that's my point. All of our visions are so similar. If they're the result of arterial swelling, wouldn't the visions we experience be more random? Most likely. Yeah, well, the things we're seeing are pretty damn identical. And you think it might have something to do with the nature There's of the... a good chance no. that... No! Ah! Hey, it's not real! No. Remember, it's not real! No! No! They're coming right at us! Can't you see them? He's, he's hot in his pipe. They're psychomatic. Don't say fine. He's not fine. Do something! There's nothing to do. Now, what's fascinating there is when he said the visions that they're seeing are identical. And he was saying if it was just swelling above the visual cortex um, in the brain, then it would be random things that they were experiencing. But in this case, they were identical, almost like it's a program of some kind. So the next scene is pretty much the climax of this episode where they come to the big reveal of what's causing the, um, the aneurysms and the, what they define as the, hallucin uh, the, the, the hallucinogens that people are seeing. And they basically conclude that it is uh, these nano, nanobots that are ancient nanobots that are uh, floating around within their system that is migrating to these parts of the brain. So they basically disclose nanotechnology as being responsible um, that's interacting with uh, electromagnetic fields in the environment, in the smart city, um, that is causing this. But it's in the form of a contagion, like a, an artificial contagion created by these nanobots. So uh, for us, this is in line with what we're experiencing today with nanotechnology and everyone's bloodstream and all of these anomalous deaths. Yeah, we've, um, we've been talking about this for two years, and we could show you all the patents. We've got all the research and all the patents that show that they are putting nanobots and nanotechnology into people through the COVID vaccines, and these are like little machines that basically are programmed to go do different things in certain areas of your body. So check out this next scene, because this blew our minds. Are you certain you really want to see this, Rodney? It's too accurate. How can something organic be that efficient? Again, we're in the middle of another galaxy. Just because it's out of the ordinary for us doesn't mean it's not commonplace here. No, 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 I don't buy that. Most of the habitable plants we've encountered thus far are, are, are carbon copies of Earth in terms of environmental conditions. Unless. I'll be back. Wait, stop it, Rodney. Incubation to completion is exactly six hours. The visions are identical for all the infected, and the location of the aneurysm is the same for every single deceased. Is that what I think it is? It's a nanovirus. One manufactured to kill humans. A nanovirus. That's right. Okay, let's pretend I don't know exactly what that is. Nanotechnology, it's uh, technology that operates on a nanite scale. It's around a, a billionth of a millimeter. Basically, they're microscopic machines that are able to carry out very specific tasks suited for their size. It's the whole idea of being able to swallow a pill and having a million little robots go to work and cure whatever ails you. You're all infected with microscopic machines? Yeah, they're no bigger than a single-cell organism. Although instead of having a sole purpose of curing a disease or mending a blood vessel... The virus is programmed to terrorize its victims by tapping into their visual cortex and then rupturing an artery in their brain. Infecting others along the way as they can. There's one good thing. 
I doubt they can multiply. I don't know how many nanettes it takes to kill a human, but eventually I imagine they'll spread themselves too thin. And I just want to add to the clip that you just saw. Um, Rodney mentioned how efficient the uh, virus was when it came to contamination spreading from person to person that it wasn't possible uh, naturally. Uh, how could something this organic be so, be so efficient? efficient? You yeah. know, it's just, uh, that goes into the shedding phenomenon and um, electromagnetic propagation um, possibly. But then they had the, uh, also the reveal talking about uh, and how uh, there's basically a nanovirus. Now, when you look at the graphics during this episode, when they show these little nanobots, they're, they're spiky, they're spiky-looking nanobots. They look like the coronavirus spike protein graphics that we've seen plastered all over everything for the last couple of years. So we thought this whole thing was very interesting. Now, we're going to set you up for the next scene because if that wasn't interesting enough, it gets, it gets more complex, this narrative here. Now they start talking about gene therapy. So apparently Rodney, the main character there, he has been inoculated with some sort of gene therapy. So that means that this nanotechnology is not going after his genes. So that means that the nanotechnology is programmed for sp to target specific genes or specific races or specific DNA. Now this has been happening, and we've been sh we've been showing this as well um, in this current day that we're in with what they've been doing. Check this out. Hayes and I were infected at the same time. There's only one thing that explains why I survived. But Rodney has an ancient gene. Hayes did not. But Rodney's not an ancient. Aye, but he's been inoculated with the ATA gene. You're saying the virus is designed to only kill humans? Well, I'm human. Yes, yes, we're making a point, Rodney. So we give everyone the gene therapy. No, it's not going to do it. I've already been given the gene weeks ago. It didn't take. I know. I'm already on it. The gene therapy is only effective in 48% of recipients. If I was given the gene shot right now, how long would it take to kick in? A minimum of four hours. Okay, so in the next scene, uh, Rodney eventually comes to a solution that he can only come up with, which uh, deals with how to... Uh, destroy these these things, and he comes up with uh, an EM pulse. Oh, imagine that! <laughs> so. The only way to get rid of technology, nanotechnology, is with more technology like an EMP. Yeah, so it's very similar to what we saw with the footage with Lakita Columna testing uh, similar things uh, uh, in footage that we've seen in the past. Yeah, basically, the the electromagnetic pulse would fry the circuits in the nanotechnology, rendering it, it dormant. In this next scene, you'll see that when they discover that it's an EMP that they need, like all of a sudden, they all st start paying attention to all the electronic equipment that's around them. And this is what we've been preaching from the rooftops for years now, that you have to be sensitive to EMF and EMF protection because what's in the environment around you affects what's going on. Yeah. So you'll see them all like closing their laptops and shutting off their Wi-Fi routers and all that other stuff <laughs> in the next scene. All right, McKay, I'm here. You see it? Is it the big thing in the middle of the room? Yeah, that's the one. Should I pay attention to all these warnings? Not today, no. What are you gonna do? Well, small as they are, the nanovirus is still effectively just a machine run by a computer. The best way to knock out a computer is with an electromagnetic pulse. Thankfully, that's something we can do. We're about through shutting down all the electronic gear we brought from Earth. We're still locked out of the ancient controls, though. 
There's no way to power them down. Well, it's not going to be necessary. The ancient technology works differently than ours. Any impulse shouldn't have any long-lasting effect on it. We're ready. We're all set, Rodney. Okay. Here we go. Wait. How are we going to know if it works? Well, Shepard's dialing up the most powerful pulse the generator can manage. Probably won't make it all the way down here, but it should affect most of the central tower. I imagine once it wipes out the virus, the city should return control of it to you and end the lockdown. It won't make it here? If the pulse works, it'll simply be a matter of walking it down to my lab, sitting it down in front of the EMP, and repeating the process. Major. It's working. When should I hit the discharge button? Okay, there should be a red overload light. See it. Wait till it comes on, give it a good 10 count, and then discharge. 10 count? Don't worry. I've probably been around more EMPs than anyone. Hey, this is gonna be a... I'm gonna be fine, right? Yes. That's a yes. You'll be fine. So we brought you this far. We might as well show you how the, the storyline ends in this episode. They discovered that the EMP pulse done by that generator that he was working on was not strong enough and that the only way that they could um, get rid of the nanotechnology or destroy it is by bringing a, a, an atom bomb up into the atmosphere above the planet and exploding it in order to get a large enough wave to fry the circuits of the nanotechnology that had infected most of their crew at that point. In the following scene, um, basically what happens when he tried the first attempt, it actually made matters worse. Everyone who was infected at this, at this point, uh, which was most of the staff, were seeing all uh, um, hallucinogens at the same time. They're hallucinating all at the same time, and uh, they're on the verge of death, and so then they had to quickly act with the uh, atomic explosion. Yes. <laughs> so, so you know. Well, well, we'll finish out the episode, and then we'll be back to kind of conclude our thoughts on this technology and what's going on modern day. Twenty seconds. Fifteen seconds. Detonation in ten, nine, eight, seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Major Shepard, come in. We should know almost right away. The pulse only lasts a couple of microseconds and then... The city's already ahead of us, Rodney. You have a green light to return. You all right? So, again, we thought this episode was revealing that uh, is definitely pertinent to what's going on today. I also think uh, it's even gone as far as presented a solution towards uh, the technology side of it. And, um, again, it's not the first time that these kind of scenarios have been played in movies or in, ep or in shows, TV shows, only to, um, to have someone try to turn into reality uh, at some level. So, um, also, I want to mention that I think there's definitely a spiritual side to, that, to this. It's not just uh, poisoning of the population and technology involved. Uh, I also think that 
this may be a way of having people interface with the other realm, the spiritual realm, uh, which is why everyone who are passing on or, or those who, who've uh, unfortunately fallen this way uh, seem to have terror on their face and they're fighting something off. Um, I think uh, this goes much deeper, but technology is definitely involved because our enemies um, are using higher principalities and are, it's a holistic um, uh, uh, weaponized approach they're, they're using. So I just want to leave that as food for thought and for, my, uh, for my comments. Well, I definitely am glad you brought that up as far as the spiritual aspect because we've talked about this. There's something about this nanotechnology, this gene editing technology <clears throat> that is um, piercing the veil between our reality and other dimensions and allowing entities that are not necessarily benevolent entities to come through um, into us. So I think that when we started seeing this, that was my first reaction was they're, they're seeing something uh, and now we can kind of tie together what they're seeing, the spiritual side of it, in addition to the nanotechnology that might be programmed to go into people's brains in the area of their brain that connects them to the spiritual realm yes, and also controls specific motor functions so they all spin to the right and they all put their right arm up. So again, it looks, it looks like a program is being run in the individuals um, and it's got to be controlled from an outside stimulation of some sort in order to activate uh, nanotechnology. So for me, I'm pretty convinced that what we're seeing with this phenomenon is the nanotechnology that is found in the COVID vaccines. The only way we could further prove that out is uh, to make sure if we knew if each of those people had been injected. But right now we're living on a planet where most people mm -hmm. or a lot of people have been injected. Yes. So with that, what are your thoughts? Write them in the comments below. Please share this video. We think it, uh, it gives some really good answers to uh, what's going on here. Thanks again for watching and listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll remind you, if you want to get any of those wonderful EMF abatement products available from Hope and Tavon's website, the link is below. And for real news every single day for free, please visit us directly at sgtreport.com. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda. God bless you and your family, friends. Bye-bye. It breaks our heart to watch the destruction of your nation, and it is being destroyed from within. Um, and Biden plays a huge part in that. No, I don't believe he's the real president. I don't even think that regardless of what he's doing, the things that you mentioned, Sean, it's not even him. I think Obama's behind it.